you ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. Week three is here, folks, on the Picking Up the Blitz podcast. Mike Randall back with you with Scott Burke. We are ready to take you through all the week three games. The knee-jerk reactions are done, Scott, and we are headed directly into week three. This is separation week because two and one and one and two is a big difference in your fantasy league, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. If you're uh, sitting there at uh, one and one, you're sitting there at two and oh, or if you're sitting there at oh and two, this is a, this, this is a like you said, a nice separator week. You can open up a little ground on some people. If people are sitting zero and two and think it's a false zero and two, I think they should be good to you know get a, get a win. And they don't. There'll be a lot of panic set, a lot of trade offers sent. Oh, speaking of trade offers, Scott, uh, why don't you man up here and tell the podcast folks? Scott and I are in several leagues together, of course. And Scott, you have been a devout supporter of Jameis Winston. Last year, you loved him. I think you floated 35 touchdowns out there last year, something along those lines. This year, you liked him as well. And then in our big draft, our money league, you take Philip Rivers ahead of Jameis Winston. So I'd like to know why when I offered you your prized possession, Jameis Winston, the 58% completion percentage, but he's throwing 35 touchdowns, baby. He's got more weapons than the military does. Why you said no right away? You don't like Philip Rivers. You were Mr. Double-Digit Touchdown uh, Interceptions for Philip Rivers. You told me Matt Stafford, which has been correct, is going to be better than Philip Rivers. So why will you not trade me Philip Rivers for Jameis Winston? Because this trade that you sent me is really a lateral trade that really it, it it's irrelevant. I mean, I'm riding Marcus Mariota. He is my number one quarterback. I drafted Philip Rivers to be my backup. Yes. I like Jameis Winston. I went out last year in a bold prediction, said 35 touchdowns. Maybe I was a year too early. We'll see how the year plays out. But I know I'm going to play Mariota in the bulk of my games. And I like Philip Rivers' matchup this week, particularly against Kansas City. So I'm riding him in week three. And for me, it just made no sense. Your exchange of backup quarterbacks, no need to here in week three. I'm sitting at 2-0 in my league. You're sitting at 1-1, but we both have the highest point total in this league. Surprise, surprise. I don't think so. So for me, there was just no need to make that deal. I like Winston. I think he has a big year. But I'm playing Mariota. Rivers' spot starts here and there. So let's summarize this. You're starting Mariota. This is your backup. And you had Jameis Winston just a fortnight ago ranked as what? Five, six, seven, something like that as your end of your quarterback. You definitely had Phillip Rivers in double digits. But because the Chargers have lost two games in a row and Winston looked pretty solid in thumping the Bears, now you're pausing. Now no, you're pausing. No, this no pausing. Winston looked fine. The Chargers lost two in a row. Rivers has looked fine. This is again. This is I like the matchup for Rivers this week. You know why? You know why you wanted to trade for Rivers this week is because you like the matchup as well. That's of course it is. (laughs) So, but there's no need for me to trade for Jameis Winston at this moment. If Marcus Mariota, God forbid, goes down, maybe we talk at that point because then there's a need. But right now, there's there's no need. I love. I don't have a need for Jameis Winston. I, I have the two weeks ago. You love the freaking guy. I now I, have I to, still love the guy. I have to sit I, here with Winston, be, and that's have a big year. That stupid foghorn in Minnesota this weekend. Every time they sack him, I have to hear that. And you're gonna have Rivers throwing babies all over the field against Kansas City. Yet you sit there and you let you're doing this to mess with me, aren't you? I think you're messing with me. I, I mean, it's a small part of it because I know how much you love Philip Rivers. <laughs> I love Philip Rivers. You, you don't think that played into a little bit me drafting him as my backup quarterback? And of course, this week is when you conveniently asked for him. Look, I like Jameis Winston, but we talked very early on in this podcast about how we both loved Marcus Mariota. I went out and targeted Mariota. I'm in six leagues. I targeted him in three, got him in three. I will ride Rivers as a backup. He's a capable backup. I don't need Winston. You want to add some other players to a trade and make it a two for two and maybe entice me in a different way? Then we could talk. But until then, you can watch Rivers on my bench while you wish you had him. I simply want to give you the quarterback that you like better and he's your backup and you're sticking it to me. Moving on, let's hit the first quarter. All right, Scott, first quarter here. Not a ton of news and notes, not a ton of injuries to talk about, but just some interesting things that I think I have to throw your way. First off, DeMarco Murray, hamstring. He remains sidelined at Thursday's practice. Here's my question, Scott. Is he going to play and is he going to start in the game against the the Seahawks on Sunday? I mean, if he plays, he's going to start. I mean, I mean, obviously, I think you know, Friday it will be – 
a lot more telling for us if he gets on the practice field Friday and gets a little more action than he has gotten in. You know, Seattle, they haven't done anything in offense, but the defense can still still hold down the front there and stop the run and make plays. So I would expect DeMarco Murray to play, but I don't think it's going to be a normal DeMarco Murray workload. So, you know, as we look later on in the game previews, he might be a player I might tell you to sit this week. I may not be going out on a limb by saying that, but he may be a player I do tell you to sit. Kenny Britt, Scott, had a heart-to-heart or man-to-man conversation with Hugh Jackson about stepping it up. Is this even worth talking about? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, it, it's really not. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, Rashard Higgins is going to probably start with Ricardo Lewis with Corey Coleman out with a broken hand. It's obvious that Hugh Jackson doesn't like Kenny Britt. We talked about this earlier as well. I mean, what's the heart-to-heart mean? I mean, Kenny Britt really hasn't even given much of a shot to even make an impact. So why are we having this heart-to-heart now? To me, no impact at all. Scott, a lot of comments about Ezekiel Elliott putting his hands on his hips and not running back for a lack of effort on that interception return. All's right in Big D. He going to bounce back this week? Yeah, people need to get over that. I mean, you watch interception returns all year long, different games. You got a ton of people putting their hands on their hips, not chasing the people, uh, the guy down who intercepted the ball or picked up the fumble. It just got magnified because it's Ezekiel Elliott. The game was a blowout. Just, just get over it, folks. Everything's fine in Dallas. Jordan Reed, any comments? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no more comments than we already said last week. It's about the same thing as asking me about Tyler Eifert right about now. You know, it's a shame about John Brown, too, or the Cardinals. Sickle cell trait, Scott, so he recovers very, very slowly. Guy seems like he's always injured, but the recovery really isn't his fault. It's genetic. Feel badly for him. But at this point, is he even worth uh, having on your roster? I mean, I, you know, I don't. he may be worth, if you have room on the bench, keep him on the roster. I mean, but I think J.J. Nelson has a chance now to run with this number two spot along Fitzgerald. Nice game last week against the Colts going to get another shot this week pending he's healthy as well so i mean if you have room keep him if not you can let him go next one's a big one for me because i have a lot of stefan Diggs shares in all my leagues sam bradford scott supposedly he's back he's limited in thursday's practice do you think he's playing on sunday you know on sunday when they were playing the steelers and we talked about this in the last episode i thought this, they sat him against the steelers to prepare for these four nfc games coming up you know, he was limited. He was limited last week, too. I'm 50-50 on this. I would not be surprised if Case Keenum started Sunday afternoon. And last one, you can file this in hashtag hypocrisy. My partner, Scott, I saw picked up Chris Johnson in one of his leagues. <laughs> Scott, Chris Johnson, according to Coach Bruce Arians, is going to increase his workload. Why did you pick up the backup to Andre Ellington? Tell our oh, listeners. I Well, I already owned Andre Ellington, and the waiver, oh, wire, okay. waiver wire is pretty thin, so I just decided that he was there. I might as well pick him up, put them both on a bench, and see what how's it, how this plays out for the next couple of weeks. I'm still a firm believer in Ellington, but it doesn't hurt to have this guy sitting on my bench with him just in case I'm wrong, which, folks, we know is very possible. Ask Jordan Howard how he feels about that. So... Didn't hurt anybody. Nobody else wanted to take him. I was surprised I was able to get him. I was last on a waiver priority. It was a very, very surprising, but you know what? I'll take it. Well, I never cared more about watching somebody's carries in my life in this game because I want to see him get 20 carries just so I can go with you on Monday morning. Hey, let me throw one at you. A little bit of report from Bleacher Report saying that there's a more than 50-50 shot that we may see Josh Gordon reinstated. Are you tired of the Josh Gordon noise? Does it matter? Will he come back? What do you think? I will be full disclosure, Scott. You know this. Two years ago, I picked him up. I kept him all year long on my bench, on a five-man bench. I sat there. He had like 90 yards receiving, 80 yards receiving the first game, and was terrible the next two. So in full disclosure, this is a biased comment. But I can only go by what I've done. I have no interest in Josh Gordon. I am not going to stash him on my bench unless I have an extremely long bench, something like that, Dynasty League or something. Maybe you want to put him there. I have no interest in Josh Gordon, none whatsoever, because not only does he have to come back, Scott, he's got to come back. He's got to be good. He's got to have his quarterback be good. Too many variables. I have no interest. Yeah, you know, listen, I mean, if we're talking about week 10 or week 11, I mean, I mean, I'm already in leagues, and I'm sure you're in leagues too, where you've noticed that he's already been stashed. He's been picked yep, up. People, yep. people are dropping guys. People are dropping guys like a Chris Carson to try and stash Insane. Josh Gordon. Makes, it makes no sense. You did it two years ago. I did it last year for a little while. I had him for about three or four weeks, and then I just said I can't do it anymore because it just clogged up the bench. You know what? 
if he gets reinstated, let someone else waste a bench spot for 10 weeks and let someone else hope that he can give them four weeks of fantasy glory because I, I want nothing to do with it either. Let's hit quarter number two. All right, guys, quarter two now, as we do every every episode here, we're going to get you ready. First up with the NFC home games. Look ahead to week three. Quick note on the game that's in progress as we record. The Rams in San Francisco against the 49ers. It's actually been more entertaining than I think anybody actually ever thought it would be. Um, some points, some action. Uh, if you're a Todd Gurley owner, you're extremely happy. He has scored three times as we are a little bit past halftime here. He has three touchdowns already. I believe, my friend Mike, you are playing against Todd Gurley in one, maybe two leagues. So you are off to a rough start, my friend, this week as Todd Gurley has found the end zone three times. Carlos Hyde, you know, just when we start to think and start to believe again in Carlos Hyde, he gets banged up. He has come back in the game, but he's a little bit of sore. Looks like a little bit of a hip injury. He's been in and out. Matt Brieta looks decent. Brian Hoyer still looks like Brian Hoyer, so nothing to talk about there. But a very entertaining Thursday night game, one that people, I think, expected not much out of. Jared Goff has grown. So that's where we're at here. Todd Gurley owners, rejoice. By the time this episode is over, we may have more info for you on this. But let's get away from that. Let's kick you to the first game on Sunday in the NFC bracket. Carolina Panthers 2-0, hosting the winless New Orleans Saints. Mike, Saints, Panthers, are you buying the 2-0 Panthers? Let's talk about this one. Yeah, interesting game. Todd Gurley one just frustrating. You know, folks, we all go through this, right? Last year I had the most points in Scott's league, didn't make the playoffs. This year I faced Brady last year in my one league. Now I'm facing Gurley. Very, very frustrating. But you got to stay the course and believe the fantasy gods will even it out. Headed over here to Carolina and New Orleans. This is a fascinating game. The Panthers have won two games. They have played San Francisco and Buffalo and have not looked good in either game. Cam Newton has been marginal. He is not completing a high a percentage of passes. They could not run the ball in Buffalo last year, which is going to play into one of my picks later, Scotty. But we'll get to that in a little bit. I think you... I think you're starting Jonathan Stewart. It's the Saints. Okay. So I think you're starting Jay Stu. Christian McCaffrey only in a PPR. Do not start Christian McCaffrey in a standard. If you're going to do that, go with a goal line back like Chris Johnson of Arizona. Uh, Cam Newton, if you had to, Scott, I guess you could start him. You know, the Saints need this game badly. This is a rivalry game. The, the Panthers have a very good defense. But I got to see it from Cam Newton. I, I'm starting Kelvin Benjamin because the Saints have been so terrible. Greg Olson being out. I do think Devin Funches is worth maybe a wide receiver three play if you wanted to do that. Looking over at the Saints, Drew Brees next. Michael Thomas, yes, you're starting Michael Thomas. Even though he hasn't scored, he's been very, very good so far. So a lot of a lot of targets, a good amount of yards. I know 80 yards isn't what you're looking for, very A.J. Green-esque, but he's going to pop. He's a solid play for, uh, over there. Ted Gidd in the revenge game. I'm not giving up on the revenge game, Scott. No, I know get over it. I know. Get over it I know, but they can, revenge nonsense. I know. I, and we're talking about Ted Ginn. <laughs> Come on, just just stop. Well, I said the Mike Glennon game last year, so I this is this is that sort of same thing. Uh, it, what would you, you, you have to tell me next Marcus Wheaton, the revenge what, game, and the next one on the docket, it's, please? It's, it's possible. It's possible. You give me that game. Uh, I would say this. Would I start Ted Ginn, Scott? I, pr- I probably wouldn't start him, to be honest, as even a wide receiver three. Colby Fleener, I- I'm shying away from Colby Fleener too, Scott. Carolina's got a good defense. They're on the road. And listen, he hasn't caught many passes. He's caught touchdowns in the first two games, but not a lot of passses. As for the running backs, no interest in AD- Adrian Peterson. Thank you. Mark Ingram is the best running back there, but they're not using him. And Alvin Kamara, if I'm not starting Christian McCaffrey, I'm not starting Alvin Kamara. So good game. Not a ton of people I'm starting here, Scott. I probably would shy away from the Panther defense even because you know Breeze needs this game. Not sure how it's going to go. And if you're not sure how it's going to go, I tend to avoid it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not totally buying the Panthers 2-0 record. I think it's kind of a fluke. Uh, you know, you start the guys like you said. One guy in the Panthers, though, maybe you would start as a, as a, as a streaming play if you need a tight end. Maybe Ed Dixon. You know, with Greg not Olsen terrible. out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Ed Dixon, Ed Dixon can get you four or five catches. Maybe get a sneaky touchdown. That'd be about my only uh, my only thoughts on that game. I think Ed, Ed Dixon could be a nice streaming tight end play for you. All right, next game, Scott. Your Steelers are going to Chicago. Owen to Chicago, two and zero Pittsburgh, but Ben's on the road. Talk to me. Yeah, Ben's on the road. I mean, I talked about this last last episode. You know, I think the Steelers will have a nice offensive game here. I think they'll break out a little bit. You know, as far as Ben, you're going to play him. Move on, Antonio Brown. You're playing him. Le'Veon Bell. I think this will get, be the game that gets him going. Uh, look for you know triple digits in rushing yards. I'd say over 100, and I wouldn't be surprised six or seven catches. So I think Le'Veon Bell is going to break out here. 
tight end wise, I, I think I might lay off the tight ends. I would expect Vance McDonald to possibly be in the lineup, so you're not going to know which way they're going to go. I know Jesse James has been good, but with Vance McDonald possibly getting some touches, I may lay off the tight end section. Uh, you know, like I said, receivers, you play Antonio Brown. You know, he's going to be your wide receiver one. You could play Martavis Bryant as a wide receiver three, possibly low wide receiver two if he gets his quote-unquote feast or famine touchdown on his three catches. On the Bears side, Jordan Howard's banged up, so you, you, I, I wouldn't play Jordan Howard because even if he gets on the field, we now know that Tariq Cohen is going to be 50 60% snaps in there. So Tariq Cohen would be the running back to play on the Bears. I do not suggest playing Mike Glennon. I know in the past the Steelers' secondary has been weak, but they've been pretty good this year. Uh, so I would lay off Mike Glennon. Not really going to be playing him anyway. You know, no Zach Miller. I'll pass. Wide receivers, if you had to play one, it would be Kendall Wright. Could maybe give you wide receiver three. You know, get six or seven catches and maybe find the end zone. So not much on the bear side. The Steelers, you know, it's all systems go with their big guys. It's interesting. I, I think Brian, again, is a fascinating study. I just took a look at this on the Rotoviz game app. I love rotoviz.com. There's a game split app. Scott, let, just check this out, man. In his games on the road, and his games on the road versus games at home. So I talked about, you know, three receptions per game on the road, 3.7 receptions at home. Okay, so fairly consistent. Here's what's interesting. Scott, he is more than three times as likely to have a touchdown at home than he has on the road. He only has five touchdowns, or I'm point, point he has like three, he's three touchdowns in his 10 road games. So he scores a touchdown at a rate of 0.3 on the road, 0.92 at home. Scott, he's almost a touchdown per home game is what Martavis Bryan is. I wouldn't play him. I think it's interesting because I also think the password this week, Scott, is Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator for the Bears. He tried to take away Julio. What's the DFS play here, man? Is it Bell? Is it Brown? Because I think Fangio takes one of them away. I don't think Bell has two touchdowns and 100 yards and Brown has 100 yards and a touchdown. So where would you lean with DFS if you had to pick one of those guys? Yeah, I mean, normally I'd prob normally I'd probably lean Brown only because he went five and sixty-two. But I- I'm pretty confident in my gut feeling here that this is the game Bell breaks out. So if you had to pick between the two of them in a DFS standpoint, I would take Le'Veon Bell. Interesting. Okay. Next one on the docket: NFC home games. The Detroit Lions, two and zero, coming off a very nice win on the road against the Giants, hosting the also two and zero defending NFC champs, the Atlanta Falcons. Thoughts on this game? Any possibility of a letdown for the Falcons? I'm going to rip on you hard when I think you're wrong, but I'm going to give you kudos when you're right. You have been right on about Matthew Stafford. He's looked tremendous, Scott. He's played very well. He has been efficient, which is something he's not normally he has not normally been. The Lions are home. Their defense has been good. You've liked the Lions from the start, and here they are against the Falcons. Now you take Vic Beasley out of that defense. He was the leading set. He was the NFL sack leader last year. I think that's going to hurt them. So I think that ensures that this is a high scoring game. If you have Stafford, you're starting him. If you have Golden Tate, you're starting. You're going to start Golden Tate as well. I think Marvin Jones is someone you can consider starting with his touchdown prowess now. So I think he's a possibility. I'm not an Eric Ebron guy. I still would not go there because. Because I don't think you can start every lion. I think at some point you have to make a choice. And you know my thoughts on Abdullah, but I want to throw this out there for the listeners. Amir Abdullah has a very difficult schedule early on. Afterward, that schedule gets better. If Amir Abdullah Scott ever gets the goal line touches, my view on him is going to be a complete 180. Dwayne Washington got hurt last game. Is it going to be Zach Center? Maybe they'll give it to Abdullah. Abdullah gets that goal line touch, Scott. I am running to the waiver wire or trying to make a trade rather if somebody has him to get him right away. But right now, I still don't trust him. I think him and Theo Riddick, I think it's a mixed backfield. I don't want either one of them. Going to Atlanta, obviously Julio Jones, Matt Ryan next. Got to start Devontae Freeman, Scott. He gets all the red zone work and red zone work is, is paramount. I put out a tweet today that there's only four running backs in the league that are averaging more than 70 yards. Uh, In the first two games, they have an average of more than 70-plus yards rushing. Uh, Ajayi doesn't count in that uh, because he only played one game. But still, it's a low number. My point is this. Goal line work and touchdowns are at a premium. Obviously, Devontae Freeman is involved in every facet of the game. Would I team backfield Tevin Coleman also? The answer is— You hit hit it last week, yes. The answer is yes again. I think Tevin Coleman is going to start getting worked into the offense a little bit more. I like Tevin Coleman. If I had both running backs, yes, I would team backfield him again, and I would put them in there and see what happens. Austin Hooper, Lions are terrible against tight ends. I think this is an Austin Hooper game, which means, Scott, I think it's not a Muhammad Sanu game. I'll go there. Speaking of tight ends, quick shout out to you. 
for your fantasy pros rankings. Your tight ends last week, second amongst all fantasy pros experts for your tight end rankings. Outstanding job by you there with the tight ends. Thank you. Very, thank you. I appreciate that. Very fired up about that. I'm got, I got into rank with the pros, so I'm going against the other guys here. Very competitive guy. We both are. I want to see how I do. It was the second best one with tight ends last week. I'm going to try to, to do that up again and see if we can hit some of the other positions as well. But I'm going to get my tight end results tomorrow on Twitter. We'll make a mention, see how we do blind squirrel. Uh, outside of that, like we said, Mohamed Sanu probably wouldn't start him this game. Scott, I love Mohamed Sanu, but I don't think in a game that Austin Hooper is going to catch probably five or six passes that Sanu can also do that. So those are my picks. As far as defense, I'm going to stay away from both because it's going to be a high-scoring game. For me on this game, you know, I, I could see possibly maybe a little bit of a letdown from the Falcons. I think this is going to be a good game, though. I think the Lions are for, are for real, and I think it's a litmus, litmus test for the Lions as well at home. at home. Big game here against the Falcons. Uh, this one, I'm just going to sit back and listen to you, man. Tell me what's going to happen. Minnesota at home against the Buccaneers. Tell me Jameis Winston's throwing three touchdowns. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I don't know if he's throwing th- three touchdowns. I mean, I think this game, the complexion of this game, w- we'll know more about once you know we find out if Sam Bradford plays because, you know, again, we saw what Case Keenum did last week. I know it was on the road and it was against Pittsburgh, but Tampa Bay's defense looked really good at home against the Bears last week also. So if Case Keenum is playing, this alters a lot of the Minnesota side. Start on the Tampa Bay side. You're going to start Jameis Winston. Anyway, if you have him, play him in this game. I would start Jameis Winston. Vikings have allowed over 500 yards passing or receiving or passing in the past two games, uh, first two games of the year. Averaging, you know, the completion percentage for quarterbacks has been 69.4 against their defense. So the defense has been good, but, you know, they have good cornerbacks, but they are allowing quarterbacks to complete their passes and pick up the yardage. So for me, Jameis Winston's a play. Uh, I would also play Jaquiz Rogers here. I think to me has a RB2 potential here. He catches the ball out of the backfield, so I would play Jaquiz Rogers. Mike Evans next. You're going to play Mike Evans. Would not play Deshaun Jackson. Wasn't overly impressed last week, and I need to see a little bit more than his three catches, like you say, with Martavis Bryant. So I would not play Deshaun Jackson. Uh, tight end side. I'd lay off both tight ends. I still don't know if Cameron Braid or OJ Howard's a guy. And when you have, it's bad enough when you got two running backs splitting touches, but if you've got two tight ends going to split touches, then you're really in a tough spot there. So I'd lay off both of them. On the Minnesota side, these are contingent on Sam Bradford playing. Stefan Diggs plays. Adam Thielen plays. Kyle Rudolph, I would not play. Uh, if you have him and you have a better option, I would sit off for Kyle Rudolph because I think with Bradford there, he's going to go more towards the wide receivers with Thielen and Diggs. And Dalvin Cook is a must-play because Dalvin Cook has been the workhorse there. Latavius Murray has been non-existent. Jurek McKinnon's got a couple of touches here and there. But, I mean, for a rookie, through two games, he has been the absolute workhorse for the Vikings. So for me, Dalvin Cook is a must-start. Dalvin Cook's one of those guys, Scott, that I mentioned before, who has been averaging over 70 yards. I think he's number two in the NFL right now in rushing. Very, very interesting. I want to see how Xavier Rhodes does against Mike Evans, too. I think that's an interesting battle. And, of course, let's see if Sam Bradford plays. Also, last point, Jack Coy's Rogers, Scott. He This is a chance to put the hammer lock, right? Doug Martin's out for three games, so it's two more games he's suspended. This is a chance for, for the quiz to put this, this game away. He has a substandard game here. All of a sudden, Doug Martin's uh, legit coming back. Jaquiz Rogers should really try to take full advantage of this opportunity because, like you said, with Doug Martin looming, if he continues to put up numbers and shows he can play, especially in the passing game as well, it's going to be tough to give Doug Martin that uh, number one job back as soon as he gets back. Next up, talked talked about this game a little bit in the last episode. You got on me off air about my uh, thoughts about the opposing team, but the Eagles 1-1 one one coming off a tough loss in Kansas City, home, division game. Facing the 0-2 Giants, who look to me very flat again Monday night against the Lions, just as flat as they did against the Cowboys in Week 1, Eagles-Giants. NFC East Division Showdown. Got to be your own man on this one. I've listened to a few of the podcasts and I heard people talking and they're raving about the giant defense and how they don't think Carson Wentz is a start, Scott, because I guess he had, I did not see this, he had a pass at the end of the first half against Kansas City, bounce off a defender, and Zach Ertz caught it for 47 yards. So they're saying that basically this could have been a lot worse of a game for Carson Wentz. I like Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz has done a good job. He's been on the road twice. They're coming home. I understand Janoris Jenkins may be back for the Giants. I think the Giants are reeling. I think that the Eagles have a very good secondary, and I think this is going to be a big-time game for the Eagles. So I am going contrary to what most people are saying. I have Carson Wentz in my top five quarterbacks. I am not afraid of the Giant defense in this one. It's not in New York. It's in Philly. LeGarrette Blunt, I'm not commenting. We've talked about that enough. I think you can play Darren Sproles as an RB2. Remember, he's been an RB2 pretty much his entire career. He's had a slow start, so I think you can pick it up in this one. I, I'm still going to go against Alshon Jeffrey. It's been 1-1. I won the first one. He won last week when he caught a touchdown. I think the Giants will hold down Alshon Jeffrey, so I will hold 
hold off on that, but they've been horrific against tight ends. So hashtag Zach Ertz going to eat this week. Scott, you love Zach Ertz. You called it. And they don't have good linebackers in the Giants. So I think Zach Ertz is going to be good. Probably not going to start Aguilar. Not going to go there for for the um, the Eagles. And Torrey Smith's got to hold on to the ball. But I do have no problem starting Carson Wentz if I had him. I, I would have no problem if that was your best option. Going over the Giants, Eli, no way. Paul Perkins, we played the Undertaker theme for him. If you had to start Shane Vereen, I think it's reasonable because I think they're going to be down and chasing points here. So I think he's a reasonable play. Obviously, Odell, but who knows what he has left. Brandon Marshall, Scott, I think is a sit. I, until we see it, man, they spent a lot of money on Brandon Marshall. They could have used that money on the offensive line and they could have put Evan Ingram back in his regular position, which is wide receiver. So I, I think right now that that looks like a tough deal. Ingram against the Eagles, I'm not starting because they're going to be all over Eli. They're going to have to block him. You're going to see a lot more of Rhett Ellison in this game. Yeah, do you know who leads the Giants in targets? Oh, let me guess. I don't know targets? this. I don't know this answer. This is great. I don't know this answer. Is it Ingram? No. Is it Vereen? It is Shane Vereen. There you go. There you go. Thirteen targets and he's got twelve catches. I think that's all you need to know about the Giant receiving core right now. Listen, Beckham's on the field. You play Beckham. Other than that, I was against this. I mean, I was down on Brandon Marshall from day one going to the Giants. Everybody thought this would be a. a a slam dunk number two to go with Odell, Odell Beckham. He declined last year and significantly. And he's always had that drop problem. We saw it again Monday night. He dropped a huge pass down the sideline. Could have changed the complexion of that game. So I'm with you. You sit Brandon Marshall. There are some rumblings out of Giant Camp that maybe Orleans Darkwa is going to be the lead guy. I don't really know if that matters, but I would expect Darkwa to be the guy to get the goal line touches. So maybe if you think he's going to get a goal line touch, maybe he's a guy you could plug in. But I'm with you with the rest of them, and I I love Carson Wentz, too. I I think Carson Wentz is not getting enough credit. He looks the part, and he's got a great rapport with his tight end, and he had a big game with Alshon Jeffrey, and that may be building going forward. So uh, nice calls there. I would definitely play Carson Wentz. Packers at home, they're going to face the Bengals. The Bengals are reeling. They, they got rid of uh, Zampezi, their offensive coordinator. They're coming in. Dalton has not been protected, and when he has, he hasn't been very good. Packers have some injuries, now, though, Scott, so break it down for us. 1-1 pack, 0-2 Bengals. So the Packers have allowed 179 passing yards per game to Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan. And now I'm supposed to be worried about Andy Dalton coming into Green Bay? No, please, I'll pass on that. Packers, Aaron Rodgers is a must-start. Ty Montgomery, as we talked about, is becoming a fantasy star. He offers value everywhere you look. You called this. You've been on Montgomery for a long time. Big, big call by you as he is really emerging into in a top five fantasy running back, and no questions asked about that. The Packers do have injuries on at the wide receiver position. How do I look at this? I think Randall Cobb plays. I think there's a small chance Jordy Nelson does not play. Devontae Adams plays. Even if Nelson doesn't play, the Packers will be fine. You start Cobb as a wide receiver, two. You start Adams as a wide receiver, one. Martellus Bennett as a tight end. You start, and that's where we are on the Green Bay side. Cincinnati, you're starting A.J. Green, but that's it. I mean, you can't start Andy Dalton with any conviction. You don't know who's getting the running back touches between Mixon, Bernard, and Hill. It's too many mouths to feed, and you don't know who's going to be the guy. I mean, I think eventually it's going to be Mixon, but what we've seen through two weeks, you can't trust them, so you can't play any of the running backs, and Tyler Eifert can't stay on the field. So from Bengals' side, it's one guy and one guy only, and it's A.J. Green. Packers, Rodgers, Montgomery, Cobb, Adams, Bennett, Bengals, A.J. Green. That's really all i got to say about that. I would even consider playing the Packer defense if you had them or needed to stream them. One fantasy wish I had, Scott, right now is that Ty Montgomery gets 16 games of health because I think he's going to be tremendous. I also think that this is a game they're they're playing. They've Washington. I'm sorry, uh, Cincinnati has really struggled with uh, running backs coming out of the backfield. So I think Montgomery is just so involved here across the board. It's going to be a huge Montgomery game, and uh, I don't know. I think the Bengals may be a little more friskier, but we'll get into that in the fourth quarter. What do we got next? We got the Sunday Nighter. We talked about this game a little bit. The Washington Redskins at one and one. Hosting the Oakland Raiders. Oakland coming across the country again to the East Coast. They've been good in these games. I think we hinted both where we kind of leaned in this game, but we talk about that later on. Redskins host the Raiders Sunday night. Not a typical Sunday night matchup. I'm actually looking forward to seeing this one in prime time. Picked up Samaj P. Ryan, put out a gift there of Chris Farley. I was excited. Whoever is the starting running back for the Washington Redskins is going to be an RB1. I'm going to say that right now. So you watch the, the reports. You see who's going to be the starter. Whoever it is is going to be an RB1. The Jets were able to move the ball at home. The Raiders, I understand, have Khalil Mack, but that's about it. 
The Redskins have a decent offensive line. They need this game badly. They're coming home after a nice win against the Rams. Josh Norman's going to do a decent job on Amari Cooper. Or he stays at one side. Crabtree, him and Crabtree, of course, go back and forth as well. I think the running back is a start. I think Terrell Pryor is right in his tweet. He says he's going to have a big week. I think he's going to. If Jermaine Kearse can catch two touchdowns, I think Terrell Pryor should be fine. He had a tough time against Tremaine Johnson. As soon as Tremaine Johnson went out for the Rams, all of a sudden he started playing well. He's had a couple drops in week one, but I think this is a breakout game for him. I love Jamison Crowder. Just got to see if he's healthy. Jordan Reed, no thank you. That's it for the Redskins, and I I like Kirk Cousins as well. I've been trying to trade for Kirk Cousins as well because I think he's going to break out and get going here very, very soon. Over to the Raiders. Derek Carr is not a big passing yardage guy, so I think they are going to try to run the ball on Washington here with Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is not a high numbers guy either, so he's touchdown dependent. I would not start Marshawn Lynch in this game. I know that's contrarian. But I want a guy who's going to get the work. If I didn't have a better option, fine. But even last week in a plum game, they're not going to use him over and over again because they want to keep him healthy. Jalen Richard is a decent back. They're going to mix him in a little bit, even Washington. So I would not start Marshawn Lynch. You're going to start uh, Crabtree and you're going to start uh, Cooper if you don't have any better options. I'd lay off a of Jared Cook too until I see it. My point is Derek Carr is not a quarterback, Scott, who supports three or four fantasy guys a week. He just isn't a high-volume guy. He's super efficient. Every once in a while, have a breakout game. I don't see it happening here in Washington. Washington's 1-1. The Raiders are 2-0. They're coming cross-country. Redskins need this win. I think they're ready to, to click and have a big offensive showdown. I like Washington in this game, and so I like their players a little bit more. Yeah, I'm on the same boat with you. I like Washington as well, and I think the play, the sneaky play for the Raider backfield would be Jalen Richard as well. I think Jalen Richard showed some nice it's a nice ability last week, broke a nice big touchdown. He's getting involved in the passing game. And, you know, Lynch, I, I don't know if we can count on Lynch to be a 25-carry workhorse just yet. So I think Rashard's a nice play. It's a, it's a gutsy call to say uh, sit Lynch. But, you know, I completely understand that call. Bring home the NFC home game, Scott. Monday night football. The Cowboys getting pounded by the Broncos go on the road. Arizona's home opener, Cowboys at Cardinals. What do you got? Yeah, this is a tricky one to handicap here because, you know, both teams sitting at one and one. I'm not really impressed with either team. Uh, you know, the Cowboys beat the Giants, but didn't do it in impressive style. Then they got blitzed by the Broncos last week in Denver. The Cardinals get blown out on the road against Detroit and then somehow sneak out of Indianapolis with a win thanks to a overtime interception by Jacoby Brissett, who you just feel terrible for because the kid played well trying to get the Colts back on the map there. Uh, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, uh, Dak Prescott, I sit in this game. The Cardinals have allowed only 475 passing yards, and about 300 of them went to Matthew Stafford in week one. I, I just, on the road, Dak Prescott, if you have a better option, I would sit Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott, you're going to play because he's the workhorse, and that's just what it is. Whether or not he's going to be able to produce or not, we'll find out, but you have to play Ezekiel Elliott. Des Bryant, you know, I'm not big on Des Bryant. We've talked about how we're both not big on Des Bryant. If you're going to play a Cowboy wide receiver, I guess Des Bryant can give you a wide receiver two. If they get in the red zone, a wide receiver two positioning there. So I would play Bryant there. I Again, and this is for the third week in a row, I play Jason Witten. He has found the fountain of youth. He's become Dak Prescott's go-to guy. I mean, he's second, th- second or third in the league in targets with 22 behind Des Bryant and DeAndre Hopkins. So Jason Witten is a – right now he's a top five tight end, so you have to roll with Jason Witten on the Cardinal side. I don't trust Carson Palmer. I never really have, and I still don't. So if you have a better option, I would sit Carson Palmer. I, I don't know how this game is really going to play out. I, I kind of like the Cardinals in the game, but in a in a struggle. The running back side, look, we've had this debate back and forth. Hopefully you're in a position where you don't need to start any of these running backs. But if it was me, I already discussed it, and I'll stick to it. I'm starting Andre Ellington because I believe he just gets involved more. But hopefully you're in a position where you don't need to start any one of them. You have enough running backs to cover you for the week. Larry Fitzgerald, yes, start. And J.J. Nelson is a start as well. There's no tight end to talk about on the Cardinals side. It's worth playing. So for me, sit Palmer. If you have to play a Cardinal back, it's Ellington. Fitzgerald and Nelson play. The rest of them sit. I feel like I've been locked into the NFC East. I called the Giants at 5-11 this year, and they're in a free fall. The Cowboys are going to be in a free fall after this game. Cowboys are going to struggle. They have no second receiver. Arizona's going to be fired up. This is a tough spot. Uh, I love your breakdown of the Cardinals. Third quarter, my friend. Hit it. 
All right, Scott, we'll start in London. I love these London games. I used to not like them. Now I do because I wake up, I have my morning coffee, I have a little croissant there, and 9.30, away we go. We got the Ravens really on the road because Jacksonville plays there every year in England against the Jags. 9.30, early start. What do you got? Yeah, I don't know how to read this. I can read this game two ways. I can read this as being a defensive struggle, and I think I'd read it more that way if it was in the States. But these London games are so fishy. They're almost like these Thursday night games. You never know what's going to happen. Um you know, two of the pretty solid defenses. Jacksonville has been very good. They've held their opponents only 321 yards passing, and Joe Flacco hasn't exactly been lighting it up. Played well last week in a win, but that was against the Browns at home. So this is now in London against the Jaguars. Fantasy side, I think I'm going to sit Joe Flacco, and I don't think anybody was really playing Joe Flacco anyway, but if you were, I would avoid him. Do not play Joe Flacco. Running backs, for me, it's Buck Allen. I think Buck Allen showed us enough last week that he can uh, he can contribute in both facets of the game running and passing and receiving. So for me, Buck Allen would be your guy in the backfield. I would not start Terrence West. He's a little banged up anyway. And they recently just put Jeremy Langford on IR, so you don't have to worry about that. We don't even know who the third string running back is. It's a guy none of us ever heard of. Scott, any, cons- so- any concern there with Alex Collins? I got into an argument on Twitter today about Alex Collins. He came in late last game and did some nice things, but he fumbled. Do you think Alex Collins actually has a role in this offense? No. I mean, I, I think he came in late. He... I don't want to say garbage time because the game was relatively close, but he picked up some late yards and Terrence West was banged up. So he basically probably got the carries that West would have gotten. For me, Buck Allen's the guy. I, I would not be worried about Alex Collins, especially this week. No, I think Javorius Buck Allen would be the guy to play in the Raven backfield. As far as the receivers, look, Jerry, Jeremy Macklin is the number one guy. So if you're going to play a Raven receiver, I guess Macklin could give you wide receiver two potential. But, I mean, Mike Wallace has been non-existent, and there's really nobody else to even talk about in the Ravens receiving core. So Jeremy Macklin, you could start. Mike Wallace, you could sit. On the Jaguar side, <sighs> Leonard Fournette to start. You know, Blake Bortles, you can't start. You just you just can't start him. And, again, he's not on many people's rosters, so you stay away from Bortles. Leonard Fournette, again, just like Dalvin Cook, the workhorse. Gets the carries. He's getting the touches. He may lose some goal line touches to Chris Ivory. Ivory was involved a little bit more last week. But you still have to roll with Fournette if you have him with low RB1 potential this week against Baltimore in London. Wide receivers, you like Marquise Lee. I like Alan Hearns. You could start them both. Uh, I think they both they both got their targets last week. I want to say between both of them, they picked up about 16 targets. So Bortles, those are the guys he can throw the ball to. So if you have Lee, start him. If you have Hearns, start him. Odds are you don't have both on your team. So if you got one of them, roll with them, see how you do. And tight end-wise, Nobody to talk about on the Jacksonville side. So for me on the Ravens, it's Macklin and Allen. On the Jaguars, it's Fournette and the receivers. Interesting quick note here. I'll throw at you. The Ravens, the Jaguars rather, have been third worst in the league against fantasy tight ends. So I think uh, I think Ben Watson is a really sneaky play here. Jaguars have been solid except against those tight ends. So that's somebody definitely you could throw in there if you want. Yeah, I mean, if you got to stream somebody and you, you got a hole there, I have no problem with you playing Ben Watson. Not at all. Next game on the docket. This one I know you have some interest in. You want a little some thoughts on this one? The Buffalo Bills one and one beat the Jets, lost to the Panthers in that tough game where Zay Jones dropped what would have been the game-winning touchdown, hosting the Denver Broncos, who people are just waxing poetic as world beaters after they hammered the Cowboys at home. Bills Broncos fantasy impact. Bills are going to win this game. I've been saying it all week. You have to learn to look beyond the obvious. I've been watching these games, Scott, way too long to know that a team that's 2-0, and that has played both games at home, that really isn't that good. I mean, Trevor Simeon is not going to throw Scott for 65 touchdowns this year. I hate to break it to you. So I have a feeling that on the road he can have a clunker. All right. The Bills defense with Sean McDermott has been very, very stingy. And no one is really paying attention because it's been the Jets in Carolina. If you look at the their fantasy points allowed, Scott, the the Bills are third best against opposing running backs. C.J. Anderson is going to get shut down in this game. So now it's going to go on Trevor Simeon. And I know you think that Trevor Simeon is just going to hit Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas all game long. It's just not true. On the other side for the Bills, I think Tyrod Taylor's solid. McCoy's going to get 30 carries in this game. I think he can be very solid as well. And I think Jordan Matthews actually can do a decent job in the slot there. They're going to have a ball control game. Tyrod runs around a lot, which is not something that the Broncos have faced with Phillip Rivers and Dak Prescott wasn't even running that much. So I think they're going to do some crafty things. And I think the Bills fans are going to be fired up here. You're going to start Demarius. You're going to start Sanders. I understand that. I think C.J. Anderson, you're going to start, but you have to dumb down your expectations. I think he's a low-end RB2 for me this week. And I I'm not started Trevor Simeon on the road. 
you're doing a disservice. Don't tell me the Bills aren't any good. Don't tell me the Broncos are this good. I think week three, home dogs, that's what happens. You have a home, there's a, there's a lot of teams that Mike Clay put out something like there's seven or eight or maybe even more, 11 games where the, where the, uh, the, the, the uh, favorite is, is, is on the road. Uh, that's when weird stuff happens. I'll take the Bills in this game. We'll talk about that later. But fantasy impact. He certainly can start Charles Clay because Jason Witten had a really good game against the Broncos as well. And um, and the Chargers did not go after Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates, but I think that was more game script. So you can start Charles Clay, start LaShawn McCoy. I'd start Tyrod Taylor. I think he's a low-end uh, QB1 this week. And on the Broncos side, don't start Simeon and dumb down your expectations for C.J. Anderson. Yeah, it's a pretty solid breakdown right there. Not much for me to contribute. I like what you're going there. All right, next game, we have Indianapolis at home, 0-2 versus the Browns, 0-2. Scott, the Browns are a favorite in this game on the road. That is insane. Somebody's coming out of this game unless it ties <laughs> with their first win. Tell, tell us about Colts and Browns. Yeah, I'm so glad I got this one. This is a real thriller for, <laughs> real thriller for me to break down. I'm going to make this quick and easy. For the Browns side, I actually think that if you had to, you could start Deshaun Kaiser. I think you can get him as a quarterback two this week, and if you needed to play him, I have no reason not to give him a shot. However, I'm sitting Isaiah Crowell. The Colts have been pretty good against opposing running backs. They've only allowed 154 yards rushing, so I'm actually going to sit Crowell. I want to tell you to start a Browns wide receiver. The problem is I don't know which one to tell you to start. If I had a pick, I'm sure the, the sexy waiver pick this week, if you look across Yahoo and other leagues, he was added by everybody, and their mother was Rashard Higgins. So if you believe in Rashard Higgins, and I'm telling you this, you could start Deshaun Kaiser, Rashard Higgins would probably be the guy you want to line up with Corey Coleman with a broken hand. I'm not buying the Kenny Britt, Hugh Jackson makeup story. So for me, Rashard Higgins would be your guy. Uh, you know, On the Colts side, you're not starting Jacoby Brissett because although he played well, he really didn't show much from a fantasy standpoint. You can't play either one of the running backs. Frank Gore looks old. Marlon Mack has not put it together yet. T.Y. Hilton you will play because he's still the number one and he still gets his targets. And that's really it on the cold side. I mean, oh no, take that back. Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is a must start. Jack Doyle is going up against the Browns' 31st ranked defense against tight ends. I, I think you start Frank Gore at, at home here against the Browns. I, I like the squeaky wheel game with Crowell. I think he's a star. People are asking me about benching Crowell. No, I'm actually trying to trade for Crowell. I think he could be on the upswing here, but we'll see. Um, I do I do agree with Higgins. I like Rashard Higgins. I think he's safe. I think someone's got to get the passes, and I think Britt is going out of town. So kind of like Rashard Higgins a little more than you. But this certainly is, is, is not a marquee game this week. No, not at all. But I'll give you one that could have some fantasy impact. The Patriots 1-1. One one. They rebounded. They righted the ship in New Orleans, hosting the Houston Texans, who are also 1-1. One one. A lot of people don't think this game will be close. The line is, I want to say, close to 14. Patriots, Brady, they right the ship again. Stop sending me tweets about Mike Gillisley. Stop asking me if you should play Mike Gillisley. You're playing Mike Gillisley every week because you played LeGarrette Blunt the last two years every week. I think the Patriots dominate this game. I think that Belichick always holds down the top player. So temper your expectations with DeAndre Hopkins. I have no interest in starting Lamar Miller. I know he catches passes and Foreman really doesn't. So, I mean, his floor is probably pretty high. I am not putting Lamar Miller in my top 12 in Fantasy Pros. A lot of people are doing it because they're saying game script. I think it's a very dangerous game to play there with game script because you don't know what's going to happen. As far as the Patriots, I think this is a get-right game. They lost their last home home game, so they're going to want to put a big number up here. Brandon Cooks, you're going to start. I think he's due to have a decent game. Gronkowski, of course, you're going to start if he plays. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't play him. If they don't play him, Scott, start Dwayne Allen. Scoop him up right away and put him if you see that Gronkowski is not starting because certainly I think it's a reasonable play. Chris Hogan, of course. Running backs, I think you got to start James White. Somebody asked me, Scott, give me your, give me your opinion on this on Twitter. Uh, Half-point PPR, James White or, or Terrell Williams of the Chargers? You know, I think I got asked that same question. Uh, I leaned Terrell Williams there, uh, but I can understand the reason you want to play James White. I think he's got 13 uh, targets, 11 receptions, James White. Yeah, so I think, he, I think, he does. He picked up eight, though. He picked up eight last week, and it was in New Orleans, and it was against the Saints. So Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's a safe play. I, w- I was hesitant to buy into him, but I don't think this is a Deion Lewis game. Rex Burkhead is injured, so maybe Lewis gets a little more work. But if Rex Burkhead is injured to me, it means Gilly's going to eat. I expect the Pats to be up big. Gillsley, again, is going to be a top six or seven play for me this week. So Brady, Deshaun Watson, you're not playing. Tight end, of course, is a disaster over there. 
That's about it. And I wouldn't start Lamar Miller. If you have to, if you have to start him as, a, as an RB2, I have no problem with it. But as a top 12 running back, Scott, I'm not going with him. I'm not buying it. I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, the breakdown there is sound. I mean, I think the only one I may disagree with you is DeAndre Hopkins. Look, he leads the league in targets. Odds are the Texans are beginning to play from behind here, so they're going to have to throw the ball. I know Belichick will try to get rid of the one weapon on the opposing team, but I think Watson uh, Watson will still find Hopkins for his targets. So you, I, I would still play Hopkins, and I think he still can get his seven, eight catches. Most of them may come in garbage time. But listen, don't matter when they come, the points count whenever you get them. Oh, I wish I got this next game. You're going to think I didn't want it, but I did. 1-0 Dolphins on the road at the Jets. 0-2. Oh, I have a lot to say. You start off, man. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'll keep it sweet so you uh, <laughs> short and sweet so you can get involved here. Listen, Jay Cutler, that's your boy. There is. Uh, you will start Jay Cutler in this game if you have the chance. Hashtag sling it, Jay. He does have a chance to be a top 12 quarterback this week. Jay Ajayi, he's going up against the league's worst run defense. Uh, you know, the Jets are supposed to be... You know, big on defense and not much on offense, but Todd Bowles, defensive coach, well, they've given up 370 yards rushing, 5.4 carry, and four touchdowns already through two games. So Jay Ajayi, he's going to eat as long as he's on the field and healthy. Wide receivers, we had all this talk going into you know Dolphins' first game in the preseason. Devontae Parker was a guy. Well, it turned out to be Jarvis Landry. He had 15 targets from Jay Cutler. He caught 13 passes, only 78 yards and a touchdown. But look for Jarvis Landry to be a wide receiver one because Cutler obviously liked to look his way. You're going to play Parker as well. I'm not, you know, Julius Thomas as a tight end, you can play him if you need to. I'm not really a big fan of Julius Thomas. I, that, I think his success was Peyton Manning, uh, you know, aided in Denver, and he's really done nothing since. I would not play Julius Thomas. On the Jets side, you know, I know everybody thinks the game is going to be a romp. There's a small part of me that thinks the Jets hang in this game. I don't know why, but it's been a gut feeling I've had for a couple of days. And this is kind of going to hint a little bit into my DFS DFS plays. But Josh McCown, I think, is a start. Um, wow. In, DF, in, DF, wow. in DFS. Okay. I'm not starting him season long, but he is a start for me in DraftKings. And I'm just going to give you the reason now. He's $4,500 salary. All right. He's had a nice rapport with Jermaine Curse. He's going to get Austin Safarian Jenkins back this week from suspension. The Dolphins had trouble with the Chargers tight ends last week. Hunter Henry had seven catches. Antonio Gates scored that record-breaking touchdown. If you're looking to go cheap and take a shot, I gave Brian Hoare out week one. We failed. I have more confidence in Josh McCown at home that is 220 yards and two touchdowns really unrealistic for a quarterback with $4,500 drafting salary. I think it's more realistic than people think. So that's your DFS value play of the week. Take a shot with Josh McCown. I guarantee you, you'll be one of only a few people that did. Running back-wise, Matt Forte has been the lead guy. Look for Elijah McGuire to cut into some time. We already saw that last week. The Bilal Powell hype train has definitely crashed and burned, so Bilal Powell is not really the guy. If you got to start a running back from there, Forte is the guy, but I would try to avoid that. Receiving-wise, you got to start Jermaine Curse. I mean, he's played well in two games. It didn't take him long to learn that playbook. Probably a very limited playbook, but he's been a nice fit. He's been a leader on the offense, a very nice fit for the Jets. And Austin Safarian Jenkins, I'm not playing him right now, but just watch. Watch for a week or two, see if he makes any impact on the offense there. So that's my take. I know you have something to say, so go ahead. No, I just love Cutler. I, I think that Jay is, is going to do a good job in this game. I, I'm looking to get on the Jay Cutler train because once he gets home, I think he's going to be very, very good. I think this is Devontae Parker breakout game. I don't see this as a high Landry 12 or 13 target game. I think that was a result of Casey Hayward last week. And Ajayi, I said it last week, Scott, I'll say it again. There are very few teams that are so run heavy as the Dolphins. That is clearly what they do. If Jay Ajayi stays healthy, Scott, there is no reason he can't be the absolute number one running back in fantasy. He hasn't even started catching passes yet. But my goodness, what was it, 28 carries? And so a lot of people are going to have him this week, Scott, against the Jets, even though it's on the road. Because remember last year, he had a couple of his 200 games on the road, didn't he? He had one game in Buffalo, I think, that was 200 yards. So they're not scared yeah, away from did. Ajayi. You know? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, you're going to throw him out in season leagues, season leagues and your regular season leagues, but he's going to be... Uh very high owned in DFS as well. Next up, Tennessee at home, one and one. They got a win last week. It started off slow, wound up putting the boots to Jacksonville with a big 21 point win against the Jaguars down in Jacksonville. They host the one and one Seattle Seahawks. We have no idea what to make of the Seattle Seahawks offense. Can you break it down? Does, is DeMarco Murray healthy, like you mentioned? Titans, Seahawks. 
Scott, if you give me one wish for this week, I want to know who's starting. I don't want DeMarco Murray to play because I think the Derrick Henry play is so incredibly easy. I think the Titans are going to win this game. I think they're going to control it. Seattle going on the road here again, I think is going to be a problem. Mar- uh, Marcus Mariota, I start him. I am not scared of the Seattle defense when he is home. I think he can do a decent job. Remember, the Rams put a lot of points up on the Seattle defense last year at home, so I don't think it's a big deal. It was two years ago, maybe. But I, I think early in the season, I think the Seattle defense is suspect. They certainly were not dominant against San Francisco at home where they really should have been. So if Carlos Hyde can run for over 100 yards, Derrick Henry certainly can. It's just going to be hard. Would I start them both if Murray starts? I probably would, similar to Freeman and Coleman, because one of those people, one of those running backs is going to be an RB1. Uh, Corey Davis ruled out for this game. So you got Eric Decker. You have Rashard Matthews. Rashard Matthews goes up in my mind. And Taiwan Taylor for a deep flyer. You always start tight ends against the Seahawks. So Delaney Walker is an automatic start. On the other side, Russell Wilson. I've been trying to trade for him as well. I think it's coming. I think the 15 touchdown in four game series is coming, Scott. But it may not start this week. Chris Carson, I guess for an RB2. But I'm not so sure that he's going to get the 18 carries. I think they're going to play the hot hand there. Rawls, I'm not sure about Lacey. Procise and passing downs. I'm not sure if I'm totally buying. Chris Carson as an automatic start against that tough Titan defense, but I would play Doug Baldwin, Scott. I'm not sitting Doug Baldwin. I think he can easily get six catches for 90 yards as a floor, and that's a pretty darn good game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I like your pick of the Titans in this game. I kind of agree with you that the Titans, I think, will win this game. I don't I just don't believe in the, the Seattle offense yet. They have really showed me nothing, and coming across country, uh, I, I like Tennessee, and you know, the Seattle offensive players are a tough play right now. All right, and the last AFC game we got, and then we'll go to the fourth quarter. You have my quarterback, and you refuse to trade him to me. Tell me about the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, hosting the Chiefs. Yeah, it should be a fun game to watch. I mean, the Chiefs have shown us some stuff on offense here. They've been very exciting, you know, with their win against the Patriots and then a nice win against the Eagles, which was probably one of the better games of the week last week. And the Chargers, we talked about this, just keep finding ways to lose. They're in every game, and they just can't win them. Chiefs, Alex Smith, I'm sitting. I'm going to... Halt the Alex Smith train this week. I'm going to sit Alex Smith. The Chargers have been pretty good against opposing quarterbacks. They've only allowed 224 yards a game passing. So I'm going to take a shot here. Sit Alex Smith. Kareem Hunt, you'll play because until he shows you otherwise, you play Kareem Hunt as an RB1. Travis Kelsey rebounded last week. You'll also play him against the Chargers. And if your receiver's Tyreek Hill gives you low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two potential this week against the Chargers. On the L.A. side... I, we talked about this earlier. I love Phillip Rivers this week. I'm starting him this week in my my league. I love the matchup against the Chiefs, so Phillip Rivers is a must-go. Melvin Gordon, he has struggled to find rushing yards. He's struggled to find holes, but his contributions in the passing game keep him as an RB1 candidate each week. So, Melvin Gordon, you start. The receivers, Keenan Allen, you're going to start. I think Tyrell Williams has a nice week. I agree with you. You asked me about James White and Tyrell Williams, and I went Tyrell Williams because I think he has a chance to pick up an 8-9 catch game. Keenan Allen's been the guy for the first two games. Sometimes that changes a little bit. You know, It's very tough to get that same guy going three, four straight weeks. So I look for Williams to be the, the lead guy there. And I know Antonio Gates caught his touchdown last week, but I think Hunter Henry is your tight end play for the Chargers because he picked up the targets and the yardage, and that, that sentimental touchdown now is out of the way for Gates. So I think Hunter Henry takes over the tight end role here more and more as the weeks go on. So those are my plays in a what I think will be a very exciting, entertaining AFC West battle. I know the Chargers are 0-2, but they could have easily been 2-0. Can somebody stop the Kareem Hunt train? We'll find out because he's on the road here. This could be 3-0 for Andy Reid. They're not playing in front of a lot of fans, but Phillip Rivers has a lot of heart, so I want to see, but I agree with everything you just said. I think Keenan Allen is super safe. And hey, Melvin Gordon, want to average three yards per carry, please, my man? Okay, I mean, anytime you're ready. If yeah. Jordan Howard was alive, I'd be alive. I know, seriously, very bad, true. Totally true. 100%. 100%. All right, Scott, we'll hit the, yeah, it's hit the fourth quarter. We're going to do our picks and do a little DFS. All right, Scott, you are ahead of me. You had a three-in-one week with the picks. Well done. And now you have the first pick because we alternate. So, Scott, you have a lead on me. I am coming from behind. Start off and don't take my first pick. Yeah, I don't think I will, so don't worry about that. Um, hinted at this a little earlier. I do not believe in the Carolina Panthers being 2-0. and I know this is a road game for the Saints, but Carolina has beat Buffalo at home 9-3. to and they should have lost the game if Zay Jones catches the ball like he should have. It was a pass was a little over his head, but he makes that play. It's the the Bills beat Carolina last week, and then they went and beat up Brian Hoyer and the 49ers in San Francisco, despite the fact that the Niners and the Rams are putting on an offensive showcase right now as we speak. 
So odd for a Thursday night game, right? All the yeah, good teams don't, and then you have two teams that really aren't as good as some of the other teams that are putting on an offensive explosion. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, enticing here to watch in the background. Very exciting to watch there. But I do not believe in the Carolina Panthers. I am taking the New Orleans Saints to get their first win of the year, given getting plus five and a half. I know it's a road game. The Saints offense is good. I know the Carolina Panthers defense is good, but I just don't believe in Carolina. It's a, it, they're a phony two and zero to me, and I'll take five and a half with the Saints this week. Really interesting one. I'm going to start with the Bills are going to beat the Broncos outright, and I'll take the three and a half for our purposes here. Chris Raybon of 4 for 4, who's a tremendous analyst, was on one of the Roto Underworld podcasts this week, and he said a stat something like the games that go over, Scott, usually go over by roughly 8 to 10 points historically, and the games that go under, the over-under, usually go under by 7. My rationale is, Scott, the over-under for this game is only 40. I think it's going to be under, so points are at a premium. I like the Bills. They're going to stuff the run. I know the um, offensive tackle for the Broncos was supposed to be out, but he's going to be back, but it doesn't mean he's going to be 100% healthy. Everyone's going to bet the Broncos in this game. They're going to give the points, and they're going to be wrong. I will take the Bills. I will take LaShawn McCoy, Tyrod Taylor with a lot of rushing yards, maybe rushing touchdown to be a top 12 QB. I like the Bills to beat the Broncos outright, but give me the three and a half so I can hopefully get a win in this one. Next one for me is probably a surprise to some people, but it won't surprise me because I've been on this this guy and his team for a little while now. I get the feeling that the Falcons are going to come in with a little bit of a letdown game. They'll open that nice stadium Sunday night, that beautiful stadium against the Packers, put it to the Green Bay Packers at home, got themselves to 2-0. Now they're going to go on the road. So against the Detroit Lions, out of division, in conference, out of division game. I loved what the Lions did last week against the Giants. They went on the road. They backed up that win against the Cardinals. The defense looked very good. Now I know it's the Giants offense. The Falcons offense is much different. But the Lions are getting three points here. Something tells me that the Falcons are just not going to be clicking on all cylinders this week. I can see a little bit. Of, they're not going 16-0. I think the Lions are for real. Lions are plus three. I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to take the Lions as a home dog getting three from the Falcons. Love the Raiders, love the black and gold, don't love them this week. Redskins and three and a half to right the ship. The the Raiders have been very impressive, but they do have a habit sometimes of messing around and keeping teams in games. I think Terrell Pryor, Kirk Cousins, I think it's a three touchdown game for Kirk Cousins, and whoever the lead running back is, you're starting them. Scott, Redskins, plus three and a half at home Sunday night. I just want to be invested. I'll take the points against the Raiders. Yeah, this next one for me, I almost feel like, you know, if people believed in this team to win this game, that this line would have been a lot bigger. Um, I think they'll probably win the game, but I'm going to take the opponent. The Jets are only getting six from the Dolphins. Uh, I would expected this line to be a little bit higher. It's not. It's sitting at six. Dolphins, I think, will win this game. JJ will get his touches and get his yards, and they'll go ahead and win this game. But I like the Jets to keep this game close. I told you I already like Josh McCown and DraftKings. You can call me nuts, do me whatever you want. But I'm trying to find a play there to stand out from the rest. Jets are getting six at home. Their first home game of the year. Let them maybe surprise some people and stay in this division game. I'll take the Jets plus six going against the grain. I like the big time game, Scott. The Cowboys are in trouble going to Arizona. Arizona's home opener. I never have believed in Jason Garrett as a coach. I think he's a front-running guy. When things are going well, he's doing well. When things are going bad, he doesn't right the ship. All he does is clap. He claps when they turn it over. He claps when they score. I don't see a lot there. The Cowboy defense is not good. Arizona has a high-flying offense. Carson Palmer is hot. It doesn't matter who the running back is. I see J.J. Nelson. I see Larry Fitzgerald. Patrick Peterson is going to be on Dez Bryant. That's another tough matchup for Dez. I'm not saying that Dez can't have a decent game, but he's going to have to work for it. Who is Dak Prescott throwing to, Scott? I have no idea. They're going to take a cue out of the Denver Bronco book, and Ezekiel Elliott would have to have 130 yards for them to win this game, and they are not going to do it. So give me three and a half, give me three points. Three points here, Arizona at home. Another team who's an underdog at home for me. Fourth and final pick for me so far. I've taken three teams getting points. I will take my fourth team laying points and laying a lot. I love the Green Bay Packers minus nine to absolutely hammer the Cincinnati Bengals. The Packers have kept the, the Seahawks in check. Yes, they lost to the Falcons, but they held Matt Ryan at 225 25 yards passing. Andy Dalton has been a nightmare for the for the Bengals at quarterback. They don't know who's running the ball. They have one guy who can make plays, and it's A.J. Green, and he's screaming for the ball. Tight end can't stay on the field. I just don't know how the Bengals can go into Green Bay and keep this game competitive. I know you want to say this is 
my anti-Bengals bias, whatever it might be. It's not. It, bottom line is the Bengals have just been terrible for two weeks. The Packers are not going to one and two. They will handle the Bengals laying nine. Give me the Packers at home. We're going to go head-to-head here. I'm going to take the, the Bengals. Here's my rationale. The Bengals made a change in offensive coordinator, so the Packers are not going to be able to scout it. Andy Dalton, for whatever you want to say, is not the worst quarterback in the NFL, which is what he's played like. He has the ability to be decent. The Packers' offensive line has been spotty. They're banged up. They're not really rushing for 120 yards. And Aaron Rodgers early in the season is a very, with the relaxed text and all this other stuff, tweet that he's sending out. If Jordy Nelson does not play, I'm going to go cash the check before the game even starts. My only concern is if Jordy Nelson plays. If I got Geronimo Allison back there, I'm not too concerned at all. Bennett is going to be a, a top receiver for them. Devontae Adams is someone, you know, the secondary is not terrible for Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati realizes if they go 0-3, like you said before, in that division, they are probably toast. Are they going to win the game? I have no idea. But you're going to give me 9.5 points? Is that what it is, Scott? 9.5? Uh, I got it at 9. 9. I'm going to take the 9 points. I'm going to take the 9 points. I think A.J. Green, I put out as a joke, he has 19.5 over 100 targets. He's going to be a squeaky wheel game. He's going to perform. They haven't shut anybody down. They're not going to do it here. I understand it's in Lambeau, but they're banged up. And because they're banged up, I think the Bengals are actually going to do a decent job here and rally the troops. And I like the fact that they change offensive coordinators because the Packers have no idea what to expect. I'll go head to head with you. Let's have some fun. Give me the Bengals in nine. I'm glad. I'm I'm surprised it took us up to week three to go head to head. I'm glad we are. Packers will take care of this and let me go increase my lead in the pick category. Give us a little DFS, Scott, and bring us home. So DFS, you already know my value play of the week. Josh McCown, 4,500, take your shot. Nobody else will, so it doesn't hurt to do so. Other quarterback I like, quarterback Mike likes, Kirk Cousins, 6,100 here is the value, is the price. He's going to offer some solid value against the suspect Raiders secondary at home in a game that we both think the Redskins will win. So take Kirk Cousins. Running backs-wise, Ty Montgomery, I was on him last week. We're both on him. I'm going to ride him again. Ty Montgomery, I think, will be the focal point of that Packer offense especially if one of the receivers are down. It's going up against the 31st-ranked rushing defense. They've allowed 162 yards a game, the Bengals. So give me Ty Montgomery. Salary is 6900 but you can work around it, especially if you plug in Josh McCown. Other running back I like is an out-of-the-box pick. He's in a two-headed backfield, but I'm going to take Theo Riddick. I think Theo Riddick gets involved in this game against the Falcons. I think there could be some points scored. I told you I like the Fal- uh, Lions to win this game, and I'm taking the plus three. Give me Theo Riddick to get involved with a couple of rushes, but also get about six or seven catches and pick up his fantasy points that way. DeAndre Hopkins, nobody's going to play him because they're playing the Patriots. He leads the league in targets. He's going to get the ball thrown his way, whether it's in garbage time or during the game. So no one else is going to play him. Pay the 6,200, put DeAndre Hopkins in there and watch him get eight catches and a garbage time touchdown. Other receivers to play, I told you I like Tyrell Williams. His, his price is good at 4,900. And this is the third week in a row, but I will just continue to ride this. Zach Ertz is a top five tight end, and he's a top five DFS tight end each and every week right now. Giants had trouble with Eric Ebron. The Giants had trouble with Jason Witten. They will have trouble with Zach Ertz. Jack Doyle is my other tight end play, 3,600. The Browns also have trouble with tight ends. So if you don't want to pay the 5,000 for Ertz, pay 3,600 for Jack Doyle. And my defensive play... There's, you know, they're, they're, the defenses this week, they're, they're kind of tough to break down. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to jump on the on the Dolphins being against the Jets, not expecting much out of the Jet offense. I think a lot of people will go against the way you feel, and they'll probably take the Bronco defense, thinking they can shut down the Bills. I'm going to take a defense that's playing an offense that just yet to do anything. And until they do something, I'm going to go against them, and I'll take the Eagles. Give me the Eagles defense this week. Against the Giants. So until the Giants show me they can actually either run the ball, they can block a pass rush, or they can get a receiver to catch the ball, I'll take the Eagles. And I think their percentage will be about 12 to 14%, which will offer enough value in your DraftKings lineups this week. That's I love that the Eagles picks half the defense. Excellent pick. Totally supported. Let me throw a, a little rapid fire at you here for DFS. A couple things I heard in other podcasts that I want to throw at you and get your opinion on. First one is Jay Ajayi. The argument is, give me, tell me what side you, you go with here. Jay Ajayi is going to be massively owned, so I'm going to avoid him. Or Jay Ajayi is going to be massively owned, so I need a piece of him. I understand in cash, right? You want to be a little safer. You want to try to take the safe play because you know a lot of people, all you got to do is cash, right? You got to be half of them. But in tournament, is there an argument to be made that even even though Jay Ajayi is going to have a high ownership, that maybe you have to have a piece of him in tournaments? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at Jay Ajayi's ownership, let's me guess here, probably about 30%, which, you know, 
it's probably right where it should be with the Jets being terrible against opposing running backs. You know, I would be more inclined to try to avoid the piece of JJ only because the risk to me doesn't is more the risk is more hard to take than the reward is. If he does have a bad game or if the Dolphins go out there and like most people think go ahead and put it on the Jets, then you might not see much of a Jai in the third, fourth quarter. And if he has not gotten his touch, it's similar to what I said last week about Marshawn Lynch. If the game gets out of control, you're going to see Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake. So while the matchup is extremely enticing for a Jai, if he doesn't get his touches and his touchdowns early, there's a chance he might not get them late. So I would avoid Jai Jai because of the ownership percentage, and I would take a chance and go against him. Talking about the stacks this week, Scott, what are your thoughts on stacking Cousins with Pryor? What are your thoughts on, on stacking Wentz and Jeffrey? And what's your thoughts on stacking anybody in the Falcon Lion game? So take a look at, at the Redskins, take a look at the Eagles, and take a look at the Lions and Falcons. You stacking anybody there? Yeah, well, I mean, I like Kirk Cousins, so Terrell Pryor would be my wide receiver option there. Um, I think he's due to break out. I think they've needed a couple games to get on the same page, and I think this is the game that that works prime time against that Raiders secondary. So, with Kirk Cousins being one of my quarterback plays, Tyrell Pryor would be the stack. As far as Carson Wentz, I would stack him with Zach Ertz. That's the guy I would stack him with until they prove me wrong and show me otherwise. Zach Ertz is in the top ten in targets. Why would why would anything change this week against a giant defense that can't stop tight ends? And in the Lion Falcon game. I think the Matt Ryan Julio Jones stack is going to cost you too much money. Okay. Because it, and and the game's on the road. And like I said, just my opinion, I feel this game it will be a little bit of a down, just just a step back for the Falcons. I think they just have a little bit of a letdown. I agree with you as you said earlier. I think Freeman is a key play in this in this game. Um, he will be heavily involved on the Lions side. I would play Matthew Stafford because he's produced. And if you're going to stack him, I would stack him a Golden Tate. Um, but for me, my stacks this week is, is Kirk Cousins and Terrell Pryor. And in my lineup with Josh McCown, I am stacking him with Jermaine Curse. And my last question for you, finish this sentence. Mike Gillisley finishes as a top blank running back this week in standard leagues. Top six. In PPR. Top nine. That's an RP one Hashtag Gilly gonna eat. Woo! That's your boy. Did we get the t-shirts made yet? I mean, when are we uh, when are we going to get them made and raffle them up to our loyal audience? Oh, they are, they, are, they are coming soon. Guys, listen, thank you so much for listening to us. You can follow Scott at SCOT557, myself at Randall Rant. That's R-A-N-D-L-E. Check out the website, www.randallrant.com. And if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and give Pickin' with the apostrophe after the N, up the blitz, a five-star rating and comment. Scott, how are we? This is going to be an incredible week. I mean, we got like what sixty points scored here in the Thursday night game. <laughs> oh yeah, we're looking. This game is. Uh, let's. Sammy Watkins is alive. He has two touchdowns. Todd Gurley has three. The Rams look like an offensive machine. Carlos Hyde's found the end zone. This has been one of those games that, you know, it's been exciting to watch. I mean, again, I think people were down on this when they saw the Thursday night schedule, but this has really lived up to the, to the billing. Um, but like, like, like Mike said, you know, follow us. If you like us, go on iTunes, give us a rating, follow us on Twitter at PUT blitz. It's the same on Facebook PUT blitz. Look for us Sunday morning on Twitter. As you get ready to put your lineups, both of us will be out there answering questions. You have questions. You need sit or start questions who you want to play. Is there anybody in the wire to pick up late? Hit us up. We'll respond. We'd like to be accessible to you guys. So just follow us, get that support. If you like what you hear. So annoying. I knew I, I, I totally wussed out here. I'm going against the Rams defense in the CBS league, and I had the Rams defense in your Yahoo league. I knew I shouldn't have done this because the Rams defense is really not doing much at all. They're giving up 26 points and counting here to the Niners. And the guy who started them in the CBS league also has Sammy Watkins. Oh, I shouldn't have started them. So annoying. Hey, you want to get your own theory? You're an anti-Thursday night game. I Usually know. you have anybody involved in a Thursday night, even defense. As you said, you only home, up. only home defense. Ah, so annoying. This is a road defense. So, Stupid. you know, this was a, yeah, you. you I hedged you, my uh, bet. I hedged my bet and I wussed out. That's what I did. I hedged my bet. Stupid. Yeah, well, you put yourself in a hole. Not only did the Rams defense not perform, you're getting blitzed by Todd Gurley. So uh, <sighs> hopefully you can improve on your fantasy week. And, guys, through two weeks, I'm 11-1. and one. I'm looking to compete, complete that and get that going further even more. So, uh, you know, here's to everybody having a good fantasy week, no major injuries, and, uh, you know, good luck this week in week three. Be your own man. 